sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Welcome, everybody. Happy January 26th all day. We got a huge show today, Dr. D. How you been? I've been great. I'm still wrapping my brain around the 26th. Like, we're already here? Here, here on the 26th of we're almost through january of the year we've all been waiting for <laughs> we, we've got a huge show today and i'm really excited because dominique our uh our gardener in the family um and then you inspired me actually with all these pictures that i got to see building your little greenhouse oh yeah uh, that was so, fun too that was a blast yeah our resident master gardener we're going to resurrect what we started about five six years ago the whole grow food not grass yes and uh i really am enjoying um looking at the property and we uh dominique and her mom just pruned back all of our passion fruit uh vera's working on we have a little sign that says vera's garden she's replanting that the whole front of the house and you know to get in with the dirt especially in the times that we're living in right now it really does ground you and i know you uh would agree with that dr d because i know you've had a lot of fun putting that greenhouse together uh we actually had uh um a, a party so to speak not a big one uh two gentlemen who live on the property with us uh their names are cameron and uh and uh connor and they came over these are young guys probably in their late 20s early 30s and uh, one of them is electrician they've i mean they, these guys have all the tools that you could probably ever want and we spent sunday this past sunday putting together the walls one by one then putting the walls together uh to form the 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 box if you will and then uh two nights two nights later we put the roof on in the wind <laughs> during that windstorm uh oh my which, gosh. which wasn't bad we we didn't have any real serious problems in that regard but i have to tell you what a pleasure it is not only to work with two gentlemen who are unbelievable gentlemen i mean these guys they call my wife ma'am i told them do not call me sir that's my dad uh, but they're great carpenters, they're great workmen, and they're fun to be around. And we had a blast. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure you have had projects, Erica, where you've been working with other people. And every once in a while, there, you know, a little, little tension pops up because, you know, you want to do it one way and they want to do it another. It was nothing but collaboration throughout the entire process. It was, uh, I would do it again 10 times with those guys. Dominique is going to uh, jump in after Ed because we've got a mm -hmm. huge show. I'm going to cut us off early so we can go to break. But yes. we've got in the house. Hello to Christine Marie, Sherry Owens, Dr. Dale Fitri, Don Sanders, Ed Langlow, and Angela Miller-Bevin. Oh, we got Michael Baker in the house. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to get an update from Michael because I know he's got a meeting in 15 minutes. Then we're going to shoot over to Ed Langlow. Ed Langlow's got a little historian piece for us, who's our author and historian. And uh, I'll let him share what he's going to be doing right after these messages.
and this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. All right, we're back. We've got Michael Baker in the house. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, Erica. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, who do you like? Who do you like in the Super Bowl, Michael? Don't say Buffalo. Well, my Steelers got beat, so right? I'm, uh, I'm, all in, I'm all in now with baseball. Is, is this still football season? Red Sox. Let's go Red Sox. It's ba- yeah, seriously. When the Steelers are eliminated, my football season's over. That's it. Really? All right. Listen, you've been doing such a great job for those who don't know it, who's been, uh, I don't know, it must have been buried if you haven't heard the big news that we've united all the clubs. Uh, so why don't we get an update on what's going on with the clubs, how you dealing with COVID and uh, dealing with the, the kids that are in most need? Well, we, we opened all of our clubs. COVID really change the way we have to do business right now we're only able to serve about 45 percent occupancy at all of our clubs um and that's not because we don't have the demand it's because we have to do social distancing so every every room that we're using can only have 14 kids in it all need to be wearing masks uh, six feet apart can't share any equipment it's the complete opposite of what we normally teach kids on boys and girls clubs and what we do about sharing working together can't do that right as as we're operating right now, but we've been able to do that at our Lompoc, Hilton, Solvang, Carpinteria, Goleta, both Santa Barbara clubs. We've been able to do that, and um, it's been working really well. Um, and we're really the, the key for us is in supporting the schools because a lot of our members, I mean, they don't even have the internet at home, so how they're going to get on a Zoom session from home is beyond me. Uh, but we have the we have the capability to have them at our club, and uh, thanks to a great partnership with United Way, they've been very helpful in helping fund uh, scholarships for kids to be able to participate to uh, at the highest need uh, kids in the schools districts that we're serving uh, at Buellton. I'm sorry, at uh, Goleta, and also at our Carpinteria and Santa Barbara locations. Um, we've been very very fortunate to have funding from them and we've also raised money to help uh, fill the gap because there's still a significant gap as you can imagine it's very expensive to do I wanted to bring Angela in she works really closely with the school she has an 8th grader and she gave me a statistic we don't want to hit the exact but just the amount the increase and I don't know if you bumped into this Michael you probably have just the increase in homelessness uh, in our schools with our families Angela um, yeah, it's it's just so sad. I mean, we've talked about this before um, in past shows. Michael, it's so good to hear your voice, and I'm so happy that you guys. I have I have been telling everybody about all the wonderful things you guys are doing because um, you. you guys are really out there in the community and really helping a lot of kids that really need help right now. And you know, Jackson's at um, Santa Barbara Junior High, and um, we're, you know, they're what we've been doing with the PTA is getting gift cards for the families that have now gone homeless. And so not only do they not have internet, they don't have homes. So it's such a blessing that you guys are, are helping them because, you know, it, I know that we're fortunate that 
I get to be here and make sure that Jackson goes to school all day long and that he's getting straight A's. But that's not the case in other in other homes. Even though yeah. he doesn't when he hears me coming down the hall because he knows that I know he's up to no good in there. But <laughs> 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 yeah, it's 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 been it's uh it, it, and it's not just Santa Barbara, it's all over the county. The homeless uh statistics are are we're already alarming to begin with, but um it's 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 really bad right now. It's it's horrific. And what we're seeing in the clubs, uh even the the kids that we're coming in contact with um uh, they are they are falling further and further and further behind. Um, they just are because um, we're dealing with the highest need kids Those are the kids we're targeting to get in our program. Those are the kids that already before this pandemic hit, we know this is a fact. You can take this to the bank that the typical boys and girls club member uh, coming from a, uh, if they're coming from a low income family, which a lot of our members do across the County, we know by the time they enter the sixth grade, by the time they enter the sixth grade, they're three years behind in reading and math skills. Three years on average. Wow. And that's just because of summer learning loss. That's right. just the time period when they're off in the summer. Right. Now, and add, homelessness yeah. on top of it. It's like. It's horrible, horrible situation. It's yeah. just a horrible situation. And if there's one message I can get, you know, I really want to get across to everybody. You know, that there's a lot of people that can hear this story and think, oh, well, the parents are probably. You know, they're, they're not working. They're not doing what they, you know, helping their kids. It's the, it's the parents' fault. Parents fault. The parents we're coming in contact with that we've consistently come in contact with are really good, decent, hardworking people. They're doing the best they can to, to make ends meet, to try to stay yeah. out of homelessness. Right. And, and their kids, you know, what I, Eric has heard me say this a million times since I've been here for six years is – you know, all these reasons that the families are in the economic situation they're in, whether it be bad financial decision mom or dad made or they lost their job or medical bills, whatever. What does it have to do with a six year old? They had nothing to do with this. And yet they're forced to live in that circumstance. So that's why we with the United Girl Cubs are going to go out of our way to help those kids. That's what we do. That's what we should be doing. And what, uh, we got Anthony, as a we got Anthony and then, what can we do as a community to support you? Right. Well, the, the key, uh, you know, I don't mean to be as blunt as, as this, but funding is always the key. Um, the more the more the more funding we have, the more people we can help. I mean, we are limited because it's it's you know, we have limited funding. I'd love to be able to do everything and, and uh, never, ever turn a child away, which we don't. We don't turn anybody away. But the problem is with COVID the way it is, we're limited on the amount of kids we can serve because of COVID standards. And, um, you know, the funding only goes so far it, it it does cost we're we're charging we're charging a, a a weekly fee to help cover part of the cost but our, our actual costs are significantly higher um as you can imagine but our families can't afford to cover the total cost to operate the program they just can't and you know we thank god we've got thank god we're in santa barbara county because this yeah. is the most generous county i've ever been in in my life it just phenomenal yeah. people have helped us and stepped up and and i know they will and there are people listening to the show and there's people that are on the show right now many of you support us and thank you very much for what you do so do you have a program uh, like uh, boys and girls club that you guys um have where it's like you can host a family or like a price where 
this yeah. is this is how much it costs to host a family for a month or you know can you can you help us or is there a way we can sure. get that information because i think that i think for you know what i'm seeing is that some of us can't afford to write a five thousand dollar check but if we knew we were being able to give you enough money to host family gotcha. for a month or something like that well the key the the the, the, the simplest fee to, to put out there is $150. $150 a week will underwrite a child to be able to participate in the distance learning full full day from 7.30 in the morning to 6 o'clock at night. They're in our club. That's a whole week. That includes meals as well. Includes everything. All Boys and Girls Club services that we have. So if someone out there said, oh, I can, I can do $150, and you're, spo you're sponsoring it. And these are kids who, if they're not getting sponsored, they can't be in the program because we don't have the funding for it. That's the bottom line. So that you know, we're just just in a unique time, and and um, like I said, our clubs are operating at forty five percent occupancy. That's all we can do right now. We can't do more. I you know, I think Erica knows me. I think you guys all know me well enough. When people say, when before pandemic, when people would say to me, uh, "What what's your what's your maximum occupancy?" I I would kid and say, "Well, it depends how big the kids are." Um, you know, I guess it's the bottom line is I, I want as many kids in our club as we can get. Well, we can't do that right now. We just can't. It's not safe. Right. So we have to operate and make sure we're doing it properly. We are. Right. Well, Michael, we, you know, we love you. You know, we're going to get the message out the 150 a week. I'll post it all over the place. We will all post it all over the place to support because we absolutely adore you. Um, we're going to go take a break right now. And then we're going to get back with more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Wow, that was that was heartfelt. And you know, we we take a lot for granted when uh, we live in such a beautiful environment and community. Um, and like Michael said, it is the most generous community. So um, we will do everything we can. We will reach out to all of our friends and families and associates and well, let's do this 150. Uh, that would be great. And especially if uh, we can reconnect, it's kind of like it will start something. That's what we're here to do. Um, next up, I'm really excited. We waited a whole week. Um, our kids, our teen athletes in this community might not be aware, but UCSB is a uh, amazing piece of dirt and you, you just don't know you know driving through it driving by it but we've got a historian slash author one of our teen sports radio co-hosts ed langlow and i'm really excited to introduce him right now and then we also have in the house sherry owens who knows a lot about the community as well so they can feed off each other ed talk to us good morning us. erica Yes, let us know what's going on. Yeah, well, I'll do my best. Uh, 
Welcome to Teen Sports Radio, and if only I had known. If only I had known is a mentor's moment with the teens with us remotely on on Zoom, and as well as the teens that are listening in on the radio. Today's topic is a little history of the UCSB campus. In the event that you're considering UCSB in your future, I felt you might want to know some of the rich history of the campus and the surrounding areas. In 1836, an Irishman by the name of Nicholas Augustus Den arrived in Santa Barbara and he fell in love with his new surroundings. Den immediately went to work branding cattle on the Ortega Ranch and learning the Spanish language. He soon earned enough money to buy a, a home site on the corner of State and Figueroa Streets in Santa Barbara. But when he applied to the town council for permission to build an adobe, on that lot, he was rejected because he was a foreigner. And Nicholas then immediately renounced his former allegiance to Ireland and became an adopted hijo del país, a son of the country, a citizen of Mexico. Now, being a naturalized citizen of Mexico made Dan eligible to apply to Governor Juan Alvarado for a land grant. On April 18, 1842, Governor Alvarado granted Nicholas Den what became known as El Rancho de los Dos Pueblos, which included the present-day site of Santa Barbara Airport and UCSB campus. Mm -hmm. On March 3rd, 1862, Nicholas Augustus Den died, and Dos Pueblos Ranch became uh, split up amongst his children. Gus Den was one of his sons, not considered to be the brightest, wound up with a section that included the present-day campus. Now, Coal Oil Point has long been known for bearing thick tar, and the Chumash used it to seal many things, including their tamal boats. So Gus was no longer considered slow when he became wealthy after initiating an open-pit asphalt mine at the future site of UCSB. Most of that asphalt was used to pave the streets of the budding community of San Francisco. Campus Point also was once covered with oak trees. Those oak trees were unfortunately cut down and used for firewood at the whaling port located on today's Goleta Beach. In the coming years, the surrounding property would change hands. And in 1919, a British Army officer by the name of Colonel Colin Powell, would, uh, who had become very wealthy, by the way, when he married Nancy Leiter, he, he would purchase 100 acres uh, at Coal Oil Point from the Cavaletto family. Uh, the Campbells built a 20,000-square-foot mansion on the ranch, complete with a polo field. Sadly, their time there was cut short. Colin passed away in 1924, Nancy in 1930, and they both were buried on Coal Oil Point in a private cemetery. At the onset of World War II, the tiny airport, uh, and the future home of UCSB would convert it into a marine training base. Runways at the airport were extended while barracks, mess halls, chapels, theaters, uh, laundry and administration buildings were all erected, creating a small city on the current side of the university. The quiet farming community of Goleta would never be the same. In 1945, Elena Devereaux came to Santa Barbara looking for a West Coast campus for her school for children with special needs. She eventually looked to Goleta and purchased the Campbell Ranch. 
The mansion still stands today as Devereaux School. Santa Barbara State College had outgrown its 14-acre Riviera location and become, begun to relocate uh, to Ledbetter Hill, which is the current location of Santa Barbara City College. But on June 1st, 1948, they accepted the offer from the War Assets Administration to award the former training base to the University Regents. And so began the University of California at Santa Barbara. Uh, in those days, construction units or unions uh, required a radius of a few miles around the city courthouse. Outside of that, travel pay was earned by the workers. There was so much work in the coming years at UCSB that shops like R.P. Richards that was located in Old Town Goleta elected to have the free zone radius drawn from their shop instead in order to include the campus. In 1967, UCSB bought another 220 acres of the Devereux Ranch, including the private cemetery as part of their westward expansion. If you just take a little time to look into it, you'll find there's a lot of history to be learned about Santa Barbara, Galita, and even UCSB. I'm Ed Langlo. I'll see you next time on If Only I Had Known. <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot of things uh, as far as ghosts and all that other kind of stuff, especially now I understand why, because you guys bumped into a cemetery. <laughs> and I hope that yeah. would be now, anything to do with it. Now, the bodies were actually relocated at one point. They're, they're back east. But the graveyard is still that's there. That's what I'm saying, Ed. That's like a no-no. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Sherry, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, oh, kids all the time at, at, at the university, they talk about how they see a white lady and up at Cole Point. Um, oh, the really? The yeah. And if you Google it, it comes up all over the place. And at Devereaux, um, actually... The one thing um, in, I think, 1988, when Rain Man, um, uh, Dustin Hoffman spent a lot of time at Devereaux uh, learning about autism before oh, he did that movie. Yeah. That was his like base location. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the on campus um, at the, the VA building um, where they have uh, for veteran students, I think it's still an old barracks. They haven't. They have. There, uh, there are a couple of buildings it. there. Yes. That are original from the Marine Training Center. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I see a white lady driving through there, then I know I'm okay, I'm not going to lose it. So that's, well, that's, that's a that's, good well, that's yeah. it. Well, that's a good thing because I, I wouldn't be able to see her anyway. So, so it doesn't matter. That would, that would um, probably be Nancy. <laughs> I'm somebody, right? But yeah, yeah you know, I, I guess, I mean, Jenny, my wife, you know, she teaches there. She's a professor there. And she was um, trying to get uh, an individual. He, um, um, you know, I, I forget exactly what department he worked in, but um, he knew all about the, you know, ghosts and, and whatever. And she was trying to get him to give her a tour with her class, but he never um, was able to, to do that. So um, I don't know. It's interesting, right, Ed? I mean, that's, that's really interesting, everything you've discussed uh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's nice. You got to keep in mind, you know, history is everything. Uh, it's it's right. it's usually what they say is who writes it, right? It's the new history, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe in or prescribe to that at all. I like roots. 
you know, you put the foundation on yeah. top and then you go from there. So we got to keep I, our yeah, and I And I think now, Ed, the, um, what I heard is that where they have the water polo pool, um, where the kids compete, um, swimming and water polo, um, apparently that's where the um, Marines, they used to parachute down into. Um, so that's well, now the, the water polo pool. There was actually a pool. There was a... Uh, a pool put in there by the Marine Corps, and there was a lot of objection to it by the public because they felt it was it, we were at war, right? It was right, world right. middle of war, World War Two, and they're building an Olympic-sized pool for the officers' club. At, and so there was a, a little bit of an uproar over that. But, I, but you're I, in Santa Barbara, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I did some research. I talked to a fellow that started working. For the university in oh boy probably late 1940s and he he was involved when they were at ledbetter where city colleges uh their industrial arts uh, programs were there and then he was with them i believe he said in 1955 he was moved out to the campus where ucsb is now and, and he it was his impression that that swimming pool was the original site of wow. the pool built uh, by the Marines, um, wow. but I couldn't confirm that. And it's hard now because uh, one of my best sources is Michael Redmond down at the uh, the History Museum at the library there and can't go in there. It's, it's closed. So I, I couldn't confirm, but I'd like to confirm and the location of the open tar or open pit tar mine. I don't know exactly where that was at, but I, w- I understand that it was on the campus, not at Coloil Point. Wow. Sweet. Ed, thank you so much. That was awesome. I love our team right. athletes get them a little bit of history. We're going to take a little break. We're going to get back with Anthony Rodriguez. He's going to fill us in on week two of our emergency evacuation earthquake kit. Talk about that. A couple of minutes there, Anthony, because we're running short of time, unfortunately, today. But we're going to give you a big spot next week. And then right after that, we got Don Sanders, and we're going to have Dr. Dale Figtree. All right, after these messages. Bye. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Anthony Rodriguez, my guy. He's good. Well, this is week two. I'm very excited. I did week one. Let me tell you what I did. I got the water. I got rice. I filled up all of our tanks and I got propane. Oh, and I have my small denominations of monies, too. Okay, so we're doing the earthquake kit week two. What do we got to focus on this week? So this week, uh, we definitely need to focus on remembering that you need to learn your warnings. So when the Office of Emergency Management sends out warnings, a lot of people don't understand them. Take the time to learn them. Go on to FEMA, go on to uh, County of OEM, 
um, get that information so you know what to, uh, you'll understand in case there's a disaster. Another thing that I want you guys to start getting is your, like I said, your contacts, your emergency contacts out of state, in state, not in the area. That's really, really important. And also share that information. That is one of the biggest things that people keep forgetting is uh, finding your, your hub, your, your focal point, your main point. And that is, you know, you have to have that emergency contact. And share that information with all your family members and, you know, people that you are comfortable with and know. And another thing, too, yeah, and scan your documents. Right. And that's it. Scan your documents. Make sure you scan them. Uh, a lot of people, even from the T-Fire, are still continuing to have issues with, uh, with insurance. So make sure you mm -hmm. scan your documents. Put it on a flash drive. Put it on, a, uh, you know, on the cloud. Whatever is easy. But make sure you start scanning those documents. And also important pictures because those pictures cannot be replaced. So it's really important, you know, if there, you have sentimental things, keep those in mind because the last thing that you want to do is lose those because um, you won't be able to get those back. Right. And, and last quick thing, you know what I started doing? I have these little address phone books. I give them away as little chachis, you know me, right? And I started putting people's phone numbers in it because I, I know, I used to know 100 phone numbers because you had to push it in, push the numbers, right? Now you push a button. Well, I don't even know what my youngest son's, he got it, well, get a new number, new phone. I don't have that memorized. So I started writing down all of the phone numbers and I have it in this little book because what if I lose my phone? What if I didn't, I ran out of the house and I didn't bring my phone? So yeah, I would recommend like a little phone book and start putting in your sources, your people, your addresses, your phone numbers, things like that. Anthony, you're wonderful. I can't wait to week three. I love your puppy. I follow you and him on Facebook. You should like do, you should do something. You make money on it. I like watching you sleep with the dog because I don't have a life. Okay. <laughs> so let's do this. In the house, Dr. Dale Figtree. And we've got Don Sanders. Dr. Dale, how are you doing today? You got to take yourself off mute, my love. Uh, that's okay. Okay. I, anyway, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Beautiful day outside. It's gorgeous. Yeah. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, um, I wanted to talk about the masks, okay? Um, Got it. There's been a lot of controversy. And I read such an interesting article. It was about a group of politicians that got together recently, two weeks ago, for a big dinner celebration. And some of them were just resistant and wouldn't wear masks. And afterwards, several of them came down with COVID. One of them died, a senator. None of the staff got COVID. All the staff were wearing gloves and masks. And I thought that was just interesting because it was just a reminder to not be silly about it. And when you're around people, especially in enclosed situations, you are protected wearing masks. Okay, I just wanted to drop that one thing in. You know, as That's far fine. as vaccine i'm sorry do you want to say something no 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 okay um as far as the vaccines are concerned um a lot of people that i know have gotten vaccines and so far so good i have read reports of people especially with modern uh, um having allergic reactions so if one is tends to be very sensitive that may not be the vaccine for you um you know i'm still just watching and um observing people on the front line, you know, don't have as much um, freedom to just sit back and watch. You know, fortunately, I'm in a situation <clears throat> where I can. And um, so far, I haven't seen 
very many really scary red flags. So, you know, it's encouraging. That's all. Nice. I just look at it. Once this is all said and done, would you recommend a teenager to get the shot? Would I recommend what? Kids. I can't say. I need to educate myself more on that. Yeah. You know, I just got it. I don't know. I don't know. But I got you. Kids and vaccines, I have to say, is that, you know, there's been um, a practice of giving kids a lot of vaccines at once, which doesn't seem to be a good idea um, to space them out and, you know, just make sure the kid's body is able to absorb it and adjust mm-hmm. to it seems like a wiser way. But I don't know in regards to the uh, vaccine. I just need to read more. Right. My, my whole thing is whether somebody wants to get the shot or not, I'll stick my neck out there. I just like I just think that an individual has the right and to say, I'm not saying it's going to go down this road, but to say a person can't travel because they haven't had the shot or a person loses their job because they haven't had the shot. I mean, one of my closest friends, uh, Dr. Uh, Petrolino uh, Roach, uh, she has her PhD in nursing from Columbia. She's opting out of the shot, nor does her hospital forcing her to take the shot. So I just think I, I just want to always get it down to your right. And I just more of about a rights person, not about get the shot, not the shot. You want to get the shot, get the shot, you know, that kind of thing. That's I, all. Ed, I agree. I agree, except, yeah, with the shot, I think it absolutely, we should never be forced into, you know, putting our bodies under any kind of a duress like that. I mean, that's really an individual, individual thing. And for Exactly. And I respect, I totally respect somebody getting it. I said, that's great for you. At Absolutely. Time, I mean, if somebody wants to travel and they don't want to get the shot, I mean, there should be alternatives like they can just wear a mask. You know, it's exactly it doesn't need to be black and white. And, you know, hopefully this will end up being the, the way it is. I mean, it's, yeah. Don, yeah. what do you say? I agree that uh, we should not be forced to, man, you know, have mandatory vaccination. And along that line, I was thinking today, you know, about your team sports audience and just thinking, you know, as we talked about last week, right now, um, what you need to take care of yourself, obviously, when you're going to be using your body for performance situations like sports on top of living the rest of your daily life. And, and uh, in my, in my profession, you know, uh, massage body work, you know, you can, you can receive uh, help with your self-care, passive self-care, but you need to really, you know, learn what kind of active self-care works best for you. If you're in sports, I was just thinking about sometimes I'd wake up the day after games, you know, when I played football in high school and, I couldn't begin to bend over to touch my toes, you know, and, and uh, you have to learn what to do. You know, nowadays uh, there's people fortunate enough to have trainers to work with them to get them ready for a college scholarship. But there's going to come a time when, you know, you're not playing for a sports team anymore and you don't have the finest facilities. And so you really need to, to find out what works for you, you know, whether it's, whether it's yoga, you always need to be getting up and moving around and just seeing what you can do. It's like playing again. Like when you were in a playground in elementary school and you needed to test your wings, you know, you're like, can you kick the ball? Can you, can you jump? Can you move up on the, on the monkey bars and swing around? And what's that feel like and all that. So 
Hopefully, you know, for for people that are in athletics that listen to this, you know, you you'll never learn, you'll never lose that um, exploratory curiosity you had when you're a kid because you're going to need it when the older you get. There's times when you have to bring yourself back from feeling like you know uh, petrified wood or concrete sometimes, and and if you stay active, it'll pay off for you. Make sure you're eating really well, not eating too much sugar. Uh, with this lockdown stuff, sometimes people get into spirals of really bad eating. So, you know, keep you, you know, keep eating vegetables, keep eating, uh, you know, keep drinking lots of water and keep moving. Don, how can we get a hold of you? Um, there, my website, Don's Massage Ojai, uh, and then, um, then um, also uh, 805-236-2684. We're a little Thank you. We're a little shut yes. down right now in Santa Barbara and LA counties. Um, I imagine we'll be able to move back into uh, outdoor ventilated uh, massage when it's referred by a doctor or chiropractor pretty Great. soon. Well, we got Dr. Dale here. She could refer Dr. Dale. What's your contact information real quick? We got to go to break. Um, again, it's <clears throat> dalefigtree.com. My website has all that. There's one other thing I wanted to mention. Do we have just a minute here? Uh, sure. Okay. So, Viruses and germs tend to hibernate in the upper respiratory tract and sinuses for 24 hours before they go into the body. So if you've been out with people in a store, this or that, when you come home, besides washing your hands, to have like a saline spray or a neti pot and just flush out your sinuses with um, salt water is really, I think, a wise precaution on top of everything else to keep clear. Thank you, Dr. Dale. We love you. We're so blessed to have you. Let's take another little break. When we can return, we've got a view from the deck, and we have Grow Food, Not Grass for with Dominique Cackett after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Okay, this is the fun part with teen athletes. You may not may be familiar with the Tarot, but it's kind of cool. It's a little different. It's out there. But, you know, that's what this show is really about. So I want uh, to get right to Christine Marie. She's going to have Dominique pull a card. We're going to go through that for a couple of minutes. And then, Dominique, you're going to finish the show with... Uh, what are we going to plant, grow food, not grass? Right now, what should be in the ground? Christine. Beautiful. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, Dominique's going to pick a card. I wanted to say with Tarot, I think it's a really cool exercise in self-reflection and in looking at things um, in consciousness. So um, we can all use a little bit of that. Not everybody does it, but it, and it really helps us to see what's going on in our lives um, and to look at ourselves in a beautiful way. So Dominique shuffled the cards and she's going to pick it and she didn't tell me what it was. Ooh, she picked the Four of Cups, which Uh-oh. is um, about <laughs> luxury. Um, it says luxury on it. And I think of this card as something about 
You know, when you're working really, really, really hard on something and you're trying to make it happen and you're just not getting it and you finally give up and you say, oh, I'm just going to go for a walk or, or, you know, take a bath or something. And as you relax and you, you, you let go of it and you think of something else, all of a sudden, ding, it pops in. Right. This is what a card is about that. So if there's so Dominic, if there's something you've been really trying to work at really hard, maybe allow yourself to take a little bit of a vacation um, and to like just to relax a little bit. I think there was an article I read about. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Orfala, Dave Orfala, every great decision he ever made, he wrote in an interview or something that he made on vacation when he took a vacation. So okay. it's about letting things rest a bit. So that's me. But that's Christine Marie, a view from the deck. And you can reach me at yeah. phone number 805-350-2705. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. All right, Dominique, we got like a minute left. Tell us what we need to be putting into the ground. You guys have been working so hard. We have an edible yard. Uh, so we walk our talk and it's just been, it's been ground. We've had good, gone through so much the last seven, eight months. It's been our savior. So what can we do right now for somebody just getting started? And a quick plug to Carolyn Givens. If you haven't checked it out, go to our website, Something Good Organic. We've been involved with them. The show has for years and years and years. It's another great thing to offer yourselves, your body, and then also supporting our local growers. Dominique. Well, uh, to start with, if you Google the old farmer's almanac, um, they have a planting calendar and you can literally put in where you are located if you're not located in Santa Barbara, California. And it will come up and give you a planting calendar. And what the Farmer's Almanac has taken into uh, as information is what is your area's usual frost date? And then what are the phases of the moon? So for right now, what people are doing is they're getting ready in the beginning of February to plant broccoli and Brussels sprouts. And people are planting seeds for some of the crops that you'll recognize for the summer, like cantaloupe and watermelon. And people are also planting seeds for zucchini, pumpkins, sweet potatoes, all of those people don't realize it because we just buy it in the store, but they take a long time to grow. So those seeds are being planted right now. And the beginning of February, we're gonna be transplanting cabbage and cauliflower, the cold uh, vegetables that we're used to getting kale, kohlrabi, even lettuces can be transplanted at the beginning of February. So it's like you're starting the seeds for those fruits and vegetables that you expect to see in the summer and fall, and you're doing one more planting of those crops that enjoy the cool weather. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. Angela Miller-Bevan, the new director over at the Braille Institute. How can we help you guys? we got a minute. Um, you know, we just are plugging along at Braille, but we have all kinds of free workshops and classes going on right now. And you can go to our website to check them out and um, come join us and learn some things about low vision and and blind, being blind. Sherry can help us out with that. She's she knows. <laughs> do you have like open, do you have like open houses or is it make an appointment? We are not making we're not um, we're not allowed to go back yet. So we probably won't be going back to the center. I'm hoping like in the fall, um, summer would be great, but it's not really looking like that for us. We have to really be careful because um, of just having, you know, students that um, have a higher risk of getting COVID. So we're not going to be open to the public. So everything we do is remotely. 
So you can just go online at Braille Institute, um, Santa Barbara.org, and you can check out what we have going on and hopefully you'll join us. Great. That's wonderful. We've got, I think, a little bit of time. I want to give a couple of shouts. One, Joanne Stoltz. I know she loves listening to Dr. Dale Figtree. And then I want to give a little shout to a woman. Joanne I know. Then I, one of my favorite people. Hello, Joanne. She helps us sell our house. <laughs> I know. She's, she's awesome. She's my client. So this is great. I know her 30 years. Um, I also want to give a little love. She's a ray of sunshine. Ellis Donuts on Hollister. Penny. And I know I shouldn't be pulling in there. I'm on this vegetable diet, but I've been sneaking out. I'm just not going to lie. I don't know if your mom listens to the show, Dominique, but we've been pulling into the parking lot. You know that. You had to have your old fashioned. Okay. <laughs> then I eat half of a chocolate bar and then I go out because the vegetables are okay. I like vegetables. But for some reason, I'm just getting the sugar spike. So I got to say, Penny, she's seen me like three times in a row. I've known her for over 30 years as well. And as soon as I walk in, I'm, nobody's ever there like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, because the day-olds, they're not day-olds. I mean, they're still fresh. But, you know, she throws extra in there. And I'm not even paying for it. But I just want you to know, like, if it's $5, I'll put in, I give her a $5 tip. I have to just say. Because she keeps, you know, stuffing. Um but I got to say, when you walk in, she just smiles. She lights up the whole room. So I just got to say to everybody in Santa Barbara, live to laugh and live to love. Because we will get through this. Because united we stand. We are the best city in the country. God bless you all. See you next week. We're the best of our